Wednesday morning on this final day of May, day number 11 in the month of Sivan. As we've been mentioning, today is the yard site of uh, Mayor Nahum Ben David, our dear friend Mayor Weingarten. As I mentioned earlier, there are those uh, friends who are gathering in Beit Shemesh uh, later today, about 6.45 Israel time, uh, at the kever, at the grave of uh, our dear friend Mayor, to commemorate the second yard site. And we are uh, here in the United States... Reminding those around the world who were affected in a positive manner by Mayer and his incredible too short life uh, to light candles, to uh, say a prayer, to say some tillim, to uh, study some Torah all in memory of Mayer Nahum Ben David. And as I always like to say, your help with that is greatly appreciated. I want to thank those who've been commenting on the app. A lot of people have uh, wonderful things to say. In fact, listener Arnie just a few minutes ago, cited Mayer's incredible research and preparation whenever he would do any type of segment here on JM and the AM, and that is so true, and of course, on the Israel Show as well, and anything else that he was asked to do, including appearances on other radio programs and uh, media opportunities around the country. And, um, yeah, he had a level of preparation and a level of clarity that is uh, to be admired, to say the least. And I thank those who are pointing it out on the uh, on the app. Listener Mensch says, I said some tillum for Mayor Nachum and David. May his holy neshama have an aliyah and be a source of blessings. He and his commentary are sorely missed on this network. I learned a lot from him. Yeah, he's missed all right. In fact, uh, right, Benji Kramer is going to join us in a second. And I said to myself, wow, <laughs> how appropriate a time frame uh, to, to speak to Rabbi Kramer about Mayor just after the 7 o'clock news. How many hundreds of times... Did I ask Mayor <laughs> to translate and explain and to comment on news items that were uh, at the top of the 7 o'clock hour for us out of Israel here at JM and the AM? Rabbi Benji Kramer is a Rebbe at Yeshiva Flatbush. He is um, coordinator of educational technology at the Yeshiva of Flatbush uh, High School, and he is with us live via telephone uh, on this uh, Wednesday morning. Just so everyone understands, Rabbi Kramer is not just somebody who took on the mantle of Meir Milim, and he himself does amazing research each and every week to treat us to comments about the Israel, excuse me, about the Hebrew language every uh, Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. But in addition to that, Rabbi Kramer, uh, just like myself, very proud to call Mayor Weingarten a very close friend. And um, he, like so many of us, certainly uh, is thinking of Mayor on a day like today. Rabbi Benji Kramer, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. I think about Mayor pretty much almost every day. I think about the questions I would have for him. Uh, I remember talking to him before his presentations and how busy he was and how, you know, questions he had and we discussed them and I miss those a lot. You know, what's funny, you know, and, and I talk about obviously missing our on-air interactions. I'm sure you know this. He and I had a policy that he would never, ever discuss anything with me off the air that he was going to bring up on the air. So you really were his <laughs> were his sounding board in advance of his appearances on this show. You probably, you probably knew the entire segment before me or any of our listeners did. 
Not the entire segment, but I knew a lot of the thought process, yes. <laughs> in fact, now I understand you had such an advantage when you would call in to comment. You probably had days to think about it because <laughs> he had run so many things by you uh, before those appearances. Look, you know what it's like to do research. You're, you're in the field of education. You know what it's like to do research. You know what it's like to be prepared to make a presentation. You have to, I'm sure, I'm sure you admired how incredibly uh, he prepared uh, and how thoroughly he prepared uh, for the appearances. And he knew that every single word, especially to a large crowd like this, uh, he knew that every single word was very vital. He knew every single word, you know, had to be used and, and, and weighed very carefully. So it wasn't just preparing, it wasn't just researching and preparing. It was also thinking in advance of how to present what he wanted to say. Exactly, exactly. And you could hear the deliberate speech coming from him right. when you listen to him on the Israel show and all the, all the presentations. All right, Kramer, uh, uh, you, you asked me, you asked me, and I'm glad you did. If you could join me this morning, and uh, certainly uh, the invitation is always an open one, especially on a topic like this, uh, that would mean to me that you have been uh, thinking of a specific thought, a specific uh, presentation regarding Mayer on this is yes. on this is second yard side. What do you have for us? So I I have become attached to Rabbi Norman Lamb's Asal's Drashot Lidarot, which is timeless, and they as the title calls it. His drashot that he gave uh, weekly in Yeshua, they only have a few of them, but one of them stuck out so much as reminding me of Mayer, and it was so apropos to who Mayer was and, and what he meant to us as well. Um, he gave a drashah on Shabbat, January 10th, 1967, <laughs> which was the last day of the Six-Day War. And he starts off his drashah. Well, it, 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 it must, must have been June 10th, you mean? June 10th. Did I right. say, what did I say? You said January. June uh, 10th of 67. June, I'm sorry. June 10th, 1967. He, he started off saying, last week we were praying for the survival of our people, and today we're giving thanksgiving for the victory of our people. It was unbelievable speech. And he titled his speech, Three Long Lessons for a Short War. And that's exactly what he gave. And that's how Mayer thought also. He thought in the long term. He never thought about the short term and the immediate reaction of, of events. But he always thought in the long term. He helped us think in the long term. And he, he learns, Rabbi Lamb learns the three lessons from the Berkat Kohanim, from the priestly blessings that are in this week's parasha. It's interesting that that year, Parashat Naso must have fallen out uh, before Shavuot because the end of the war was before Shavuot. That doesn't happen very much. It might happen next year, actually. I'm not sure. Well, that, first, and, but, and, I think, and I think that's only in Israel. I think Naso can only be before Shavuot in Israel, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think that's true. No? Uh, Naso can be? Uh, Naso can be before Shavuot? In Chutzla. You know what? As you talk, I'll be looking it up, so go right ahead. <laughs> it's very but I don't, Yeah, anyway, so, um, so the first of the lessons comes from the first blessing, Hashem God should bless us and watch over us. And Rabbi Lam quotes a Sifrei Zuta, an ancient uh, text from our, our rabbis uh, in the time of the uh, Gemara, um, and they talk about these uh, mazikim that Hashem protects us from our demons. Right. And he quotes a targum, uh, a translation into Aramaic of Yonatan ben Uziel, that talks about two kinds of demons that try to harm us. He calls them the sons of dusk 
those are towards the evening, and sons of dawn, two kinds of demons, two kinds of enemies that try to harm us. Some appear to us to be dark, and they're very clear enemies, and we know those enemies, and some look like they're bright, look like they're our friends, and Hashem has to protect us from those uh, as well, or maybe mainly from those. And Mayer spoke to us all the time about different kinds of enemies that we don't necessarily see, that are less obvious, not just on on the political front, all all kinds of enemies that we have to have our eyes open to. And I thought that those words, Rabbi Lamb said, may Hashem protect us from our friends and we'll take care of our own enemies. Right. uh, Oh, brilliant. Yes, the second lesson, Ya'er Hashem panavilecha bichunecha. Hashem should enlighten us with his faith and show us chen. Chen is a very hard word. I actually have a meir milim on chen. Uh, he should show us grace. But Rabbi Lamb quoted another sifrei, which, which had a different line. Yitain chencha be'inei habriot. That chen banecha, sorry. That God should show the grace of his children, meaning us, to all the people of the world. And he spoke about the thousands, hundreds and thousands of young men and women who volunteered to help in this very dark time when we really thought the state of Israel was going to be destroyed just 19 years after it was created. And these people, many of them had kipot, many of the women wore skirts, and they were very obvious that they were religious and they were spreading the word and they showed the graciousness. They showed the greatness of, of our people. And Mayer talked so much about us creating a Kiddush Hashem and the individuals that help us doing it. And, and part of it is just the way we treat other people. His, his line, he always ended his, his uh, show with, nice guys don't finish last, they're just running in a different race, right. is really who he was. And, and it was all about uh, showing our chen, showing our grace, showing how great we are. Uh, not in a boastful way, but just by doing the right thing and being in the right place at the right time. And the final lesson, Hashem should, should show his, his face on us and, and bring us peace. He quoted again, a Midrash, a Yalkut Shimoni. Peace, it says, is, all, is so great that even at times of war, it's necessary to have peace. And he pointed out that the word, and this is, I have to think about this for a mere milim, the word nitzachon, which means victory, comes from the word netzach, comes from the word eternity. And he said the military victory is not our goal. It's only the military victory that leads to an everlasting peace. Our character cannot be defined by, he first said, our character has changed over the last 20 years from a victim to a victor but we cannot let the victor define us. And Mayer taught us so much about miracles that happen behind the scenes, miracles that happen right in front of us, and how much we have to notice the miracles and the victories that Hashem has given us in the past 75 years, on, on sometimes on a daily basis. But he also really uh, emphasized that these are from God. It's not us that are the victors only. It's God behind us, and we have to forward the message of God, which is the message of peace as well, if we have a partner for peace. He talked a lot about do we have a partner for peace, etc. But we have to seek peace. And, and I thought that those three messages, the message of who our enemies are, the message that we have to be graceful and gracious 
in the eyes of the world. And we have to see the miracles of God and always seek peace if it's possible. And he talked a lot about what is possible and what is not possible. I thought those three messages, what he called the long lessons from a short war, were very, very apropos for Mayor's Yard site. Uh, first of all, you are so right. Uh, and I thank you for, uh, for doing the research and for coming up with a perfect synopsis in many ways of uh, who Mayor was. And I, of course, have a lot that I want to add to what you just said. I don't know what your timetable is. I don't know. I don't know how uh, um, how pressed you I have, are. I have I have fifteen minutes. Oh, great! <laughs> uh, first of all, the you know we often I talk about my partnership with him, and uh, right now I'll I'll talk about the partnership we had on the air. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just it, what you just described in terms of the lessons that he. Um, try to impart upon us um it's very difficult it's a it's a it's a it's a much more difficult attitude than the attitude that his partner generally had you know he and i (laughs) he and i always and and i think that that's also Rabbi lamb's greatness is you know as a real philosopher for modern times uh and and a and a great zionist he he, you know, understood. You know, keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on on you know on on the future, so to speak. On you know what the eventuality that you're hoping for and working toward. You know that type of thing. Um, first of all, we always talked about his uh, his tagline of "Nice guys don't finish last; they just run a different race." He and I never agreed on it. <laughs> <laughs> but but again, you know, seeing something, you know, in bigger picture form, obviously he's going to feel the way he did about it and me being a little bit more impatient and a little bit more, uh, you know, seeking immediate answers and, and immediate action, uh, you know, I'm going to look at it uh, quite differently. And I, I don't think anything symbolizes that better. And I'm sure you heard this many, many times. It is how he started. I believe he started every time I heard a public presentation outside of this show that he did he always included how the how the general a uh, feeling among the jewish people and really in the world in general the, the the basic feeling the the rule as opposed to the exception is that people want things immediately and he would always talk about mashiach now peace now uh, you know Absolutely. this now that now everybody wants everything now 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 you know everyone has to have everything immediately and he of course would say it again i'm sorry Fast food generation. Say it again. Fast, fast food also. Right, the fast food, right. Fast food generation, disposable items generation. Right, correct. Right. Everything, you know, rapid fire, it's got to be done immediately, and it has to be done in the convenient and, and the most efficient manner possible, so to speak. Right. So so he would always talk about how, but, but nonetheless, he would always remind us, and this he always spoke about on the air, he'd always remind us that, you know, the geulah and everything that we're looking the for. Process. you know, Exactly. The yeah. Jewish sovereignty over Harabayit. The eventuality, please God, of the rebuilding of the Beit HaMikdash. The, you know, coming of Mashiach and and getting to what what will be, you know, real tzmichat gulatenu as opposed to reishit tzmichat gulatenu. All of that, you know, is a step-by-step 
process. So you, Nahum Siegel, you know, he would remind me, with your long legs and large steps, thinks that, you know, you can just leap <laughs> in, into that type of situation. But it takes it takes a long time to shed the uh, the um, cloak of Galut and, you know, move forward. To, I mean, one of the perfect examples, of course, was, you know, while I, I'm talking about 1967, while I never understood, you know, why Rav Gorin's recommendations about what to do on Harabayat after the 67 war were never implemented or taken seriously by the government mayor was like yeah and what, what, what do you expect this is what this is how people this is what this is how they felt this is what it what, what they were inundated with for thousands of years not just that but that current generation or prior generations but you know thousands of years of you know that this is the way things are and it's really hard uh, to adjust when one is used to a certain system a certain way right he also reminded us all the time that we're not just in the race sheet, we're in the middle of the Gula. This is the Gula. Right. So the, and the Psukim and Yeshayahu and Yermiyahu that all screen out to us and say, wow, we're seeing this now. We are experiencing this now. The trees and everything. It's just the fact that we have a government, the fact that we don't tear Kriya when we see Are Yehuda, as Rav Zevin points out in his Right. I'll never forget. I will. Not, I don't know if you remember this. Um, it, it's one episode, you know, as part of so many things that happened that week. If you go back to August of 2005, so mm-hmm. uh, there was, of course, the disengagement, a terrible time uh, in m- modern Jewish history. Uh, not to comp- right. not to compare it to really really terrible times in Jewish history, but you understand what I'm saying. It was, cert- yeah. <laughs> it was certainly a difficult week, and and really? generally speaking, generally speaking, whether this is a good thing or bad thing is not important to discuss. But generally speaking, those who were asked to leave or those who were forced to leave basically left uh, their communities in Gaza, uh, you know, in a respectful and dignified fashion, basically. Um, and again, not, not a criticism. That was their decision and, and to be admired that they, you know. But but there, on the final day, I think it was Thursday, because I think it was an operation that basically took place Monday through Friday of that week. Uh, on the final day, and I don't remember what town it was in, uh, there, were, um, there were people who decided to take up position on the roof, I believe, of one of the synagogues. And yes. And they said that they are going to, you know, take the cans of paint and uh, and different, uh, you know, and different liquids that they could find and uh, other items that are lying around, both solids and liquids, and they are going to rebel. They are going to, uh, you know, pelt the uh, authorities, the police and the army uh, with these objects and uh, and 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 with these uh, solutions, these uh, these liquids, and they're going to put up a fight. They're going to put up a fight. Yeah. Uh, do you remember where it was? I don't remember where it was. I think it was, it was the roof of the school, but I, I don't remember. It was. A, I think it was a two-word town. I think it was a two-word town. Anyway, so and this was happening on the final day. Now I, again, because of my impatience and my frustration with the Israeli government, etc., I was. I, I said to Mayor, "Wow, you know, finally, I'm so glad to see some resistance to this." And he, because he was, yeah. a, he was a lot more level-headed and certainly got the bigger picture. He said, "You know, no matter what." Say it again. Their resistance was to our army and our Correct. And he said, if you're going to have a state and you're going to have an army, yeah, I I agree. Now speaking as mayor, I agree this was a terrible decision, the Gaza disengagement. But if you're going to promote and encourage and be happy with people who are fighting against our own army, you know, brother on brother, 
and who are you know rejecting the uh, you know the government call for what needs to be done, even if they totally disagree with it, then what are we? What, what are we? Uh, what's our eventuality? Do we want anarchy? Do we want no state? Like what? What is it that we're looking for? And that and that I is. Would add, go ahead. No, go ahead. I would add that those people who were protesting, who were always regarded by the media as the majority, and they were the minority. Uh, were people who were convinced and told by some of their leaders, unfortunately, that this is not going to happen. It can't happen because we're in the Gulan. It can't be. A, oh, a, a now you're now, now you're bringing up a completely different topic. That again was a very, very, very much discussed topic between me and Mayor off the air, and that was how our religious leadership certainly let down. So many by 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 as you just said, uh, projecting this idea that that this in disengagement it, it would be impossible for this to actually happen, and then when it did happen, I mean you know obviously you, you, it was devastating. religiously and state wise it was devastating for many of these people. Again, they were a minority, yeah, but it was extremely they some of them didn't get over it even. Yeah. It was so devastating. So my point, my point is that as people were tuned into this show for decades, and thank God I got to work with him for decades, um, mm-hmm. people were getting, uh, I don't want to say a balanced approach, just different perspectives. You know, I, w- I was certainly representing the part of people, because I think there's part of us in everybody. I think there's part of my attitude in everybody of impatience and, and hope for, you know, change as immediate, you know, positive change as immediately as possible. And then, of course, Mayor, you know, represented the, uh, the other half of what, you know, rational people uh, have inside them, which is got to be patient, got to understand the process, have to, you know, have to keep in mind uh, the teachings of uh, of both uh, uh, Tanakh and our Torah giants who followed uh, the Tanakh. We have to keep all that in mind and and continue to proceed toward the ultimate goal. And uh, you know that's why you know a day like today, his second yard side, I, I miss him so much. As you said, we miss him every single day. And and there are things that, of course, you and I can't bring to the table that he was able to, and that and that's something that we, you know, now have lost because the, he was he was unique in that way, irreplaceable in certain ways. Uh, but I think that the you know the, the sum of the parts are, are always it, you know the total is always greater in in certain situations the total is greater than the sum of the parts. And I think here he brought such an important perspective and such an important aspect of education history. Talking about the present, uh, reminding everybody what the goals are in the future. You know, he he brought such a an important perspective uh, to all of this that we do that um, uh, you know the total was greater than the sum of its parts, and that's uh, yeah, there. Yeah. There are a lot of reasons why we, why we miss him today, and you remember. Yeah. One of the most, and I'll, I'll never, uh, I've been thanking people who lit candles last night in his memory. I've been thanking people who've been saying to Hillam and learning Torah today in his memory, Mayor Nachum Ben David, and all that is so appreciated, especially because there's very limited, uh, you know, family um, uh, situation. So his friends have taken on the responsibility, including going tonight to the cemetery at 645 Israel time in Beit Shemesh. Uh, to visit him Correct. before sunset tonight. So, you know, th- th- our circle of friends have certainly come through. Um, but I, I also have to go back two years, two years ago today. Uh, well, it wasn't, it wasn't today, but <laughs> two years ago on the day of the funeral, when, yes. <laughs> when so many people who had never met him, who had never met him, came to the funeral and felt that they, that they were, had such a kinship with him 
and that he was such an important part of their lives, they felt they had to come and actually be at the funeral itself in order to say goodbye. And that, I think, tells you know a big part of this whole story. Absolutely. Yeah, he was a, he was a Rebbe for many, many people and a leader and someone they looked up to and they looked to for analysis and understanding of so much in our crazy world. Yeah, how many times a day do you say to yourself, oh, I got to call Mayor and discuss this with him? <laughs> he's, he's still in my speed dial. I haven't taken him out. But, uh, <laughs> but how many times I say to myself, oh, gosh, do I need him just for some clarity or some analysis? Or I sometimes I would joke with him, I need you to tell me what to think about this topic. You know? <laughs> I need you to tell me what I'm supposed to be thinking about, You know, what my opinion should be. Uh, anyway, exactly. he is very, very much missed on this second yard side, and I thank all the listeners that have been participating with us in uh, not just listening to what we're saying, but uh, really appreciate um, remembering him and memorializing him on this day. You know, you mentioned Parshas Nusso. He, of course, uh, passed away Friday night of Parshas Nusso. Um, exactly. You know, Shabbat Parsha Nusso, this coming Shabbat. Uh, is, is on on the Parsha calendar is his yard site. By the way, um, yet another topic I would have brought up with Mayor. So I think so you're right. You're right. I looked it up, and you're right that Nusso, even in Chutzlaritz, can be before Shavuos. The only thing I would say is I there's something in my head about an exception, and the only thing I would say is it's impossible for it to happen in a regular year. It can happen in a in a uh, leap year but it can't happen in a regular year. I don't know why I think that's true. And by the way, I may be 100% wrong, but you know I'll follow up with all, with all the appropriate people to see if I'm right or wrong. Uh, there's a, there's a, uh, an idea that the tochacha, the, the rebuke of, of the Jewish people, which is the end of Vayikra, is supposed to be two weeks before Shavuot. Right. The week before Shavuot is supposed to be Bamidbar, and sometimes it's not. Right. The other one might be the one that I'm thinking of where it could only happen in Chutzlaretz, uh, meaning it could only happen in Israel, and that's Veschanan before Tisha B'av. I think it's always Dvarim before Tisha B'av in Chutzlaretz, and we follow that rule, and 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 it can happen that Veschanan is before Tisha B'av in Israel. I believe, I, you know, I don't, remember, I don't remember that at all. I'm, I'd be very surprised by that, but okay. No, I could I could be, be 100% wrong on this. The only thing that, and, I, and I'm thinking about this obviously as I'm saying it, so I could be 100% wrong on that. I'm sure we, there are ways to find out and to figure it out and to research it. But the only thing I'm thinking is that when this whole issue, and by the way, this is a real hot-button issue. If Mayor was on the air with me this morning, I'd be yelling and screaming at him about this. Uh, I, 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 I resent the fact. Yes, you heard, you heard the word, resent. I resent the fact. <laughs> That we are a partial off from Israel. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. However, it would be extremely divisive. There would be times when you would go across the street to a shul and they'd be laying Parshat Nasso, and then the other shul would be in Baalavka. It would be extremely divisive. In our day and age, without true leadership, let's put it that way, uh, to try to do such a thing. Oh, in other words, in other words if we made an attempt to get the whole Jewish world to, as an example, read Nusso last Shabbos afternoon, right? If we made an attempt to do that, to read the entire Parsha and be completely caught up this week by Aloscha with Israel, you're saying half the people around the world wouldn't do it anyway. Would not do it. It would be extremely divisive. Um, 
All right. I hear what you're saying. Again, you're taking the wine garden perspective on this because <laughs> that's exactly how he would have reacted, frankly. Um, uh, the only, all right. So we're just back to my point before we wrap up. I, I, I don't remember again, you know, there's an exception somewhere with this whole Parsha catch up with this whole Parsha catch up. There's an exception somewhere. Um, where either Nusso, you know, I don't know if it's a Nusso thing, if it's a Veschanan thing, whatever it is. But the what frustrates me about this whole Parsha um, uh, system is that it's based on Dvarim being before Tishabov and Chutzlaritz. A and lot I, of it, yes. And I... Because, and again, that's why I think that it is possible for it to happen in in Israel, or maybe when Tishabov is on Shabbos, it could be Vezchanan, something like that. I don't remember exactly. There's some exception somewhere. And it ends up that the rule is in place because of the schedule in Chutzlaretz as opposed to what's happening in Israel. And I think it's, and that's another reason why, you know, I, I get frustrated by it and resent it because I think it's high time that uh, just like, you know, uh, you know, Talmud Bavli obviously was more prominent than Talmud Yerushalmi because of the personnel and the amount of scholarship that was going on in Chutzlaritz in that era. I think it's time to recognize that the true center of the Torah world today and of the Jewish world today is Israel. With all due respect to our friends in central New Jersey. <laughs> Absolutely. You're right, but I don't... I don't. You see, Rabbi Kramer, you be, you become my new sounding board. <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable. You're bringing, you're bringing me back <laughs> to, to the good old days, and I can yell, yell and scream at Mayor about all these things and have him calm me down. Uh, anyway, I, I think, and, and we'll clarify all this because I'm sure the next time Rabbi Heber's on, I'll be yelling and screaming at him about the whole Parsha thing. So <laughs> I'll, cl- I'll clarify all of this before uh, discussing this on the air. Again, Belina there. Uh, Rabbi Benji Kramer, thank you for joining me this morning. Thank you for your continued dedication to May Irmi Lim. And uh, uh, we should just continue, continue to, uh, to remember Mayor and continue to do uh, the important things in his memory that will continue to educate and inspire the people of Israel. Amen. Amen. Tadaraba. And by the people of Israel, I mean the people of the nation of Israel. JM in the AM on a, uh, oh my gosh, are we behind schedule? Uh, JM in the AM on a uh, Wednesday morning broadcast, final day of May. Today's the 11th of Sivan, as we remember, Mayor Nachum Ben David. Mayor Nachum Ben David is the second yard site of Mayor Weingarten. Uh, sometimes I don't realize how much I miss him. As much as I miss him, and I always talk about how much I miss him, which is 100% true, I didn't realize even to this extent how much I miss him until this conversation. <laughs> 